Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. This one is special. Um, so this is going to be released when this comes out. This will be the Monday before Father's Day. And uh, so I wanted to do something special for that. Today on the line with me is a man named Mr. John Smith Baker, who is the founder of the organization Fathers in the Field. John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thankful the Lord gave me another day. So thanks <laughs> for having me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So I, I'm big on just kind of diving right into the meat of things. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about what Fathers in the Field is? You bet. Well, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man that now knows the Lord, which is just a great spot in life that uh, I realize I have a purpose and a meaning to my life. And uh, I didn't always have that. Um, I was, the Lord saved me at age 40 and it was kind of at the pinnacle of a business career that was just going great. And uh, in a way, didn't have a worry in the world. Um, and uh, the Lord reached down, put, pulled me out of the pit of hell and um, when he did that, he realized, uh, or I realized in myself that, uh, the one sin I didn't want to confess, uh, was my, uh, anger and bitterness and unforgiveness of my dad for leaving our family when my mom was pregnant with me mm. and my sister was three years old. Mm. And, uh, I, I easily gave up all my other horrible sins, but, uh, I didn't want to let go of that. And knowing that, uh, all fatherless boys uh, say to themselves every day, they're never going to forgive their earthly father for leaving them. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I did. And when I did, when I finally gave up that deepest of sin, the unforgiveness, then that's when I knew I was born again and felt the rush come over me. And, and I knew I was forgiven. And, and then shortly thereafter there, the Lord put on my heart to uh, give back to his kingdom and go into full-time ministry and, and uh give up my career my business and and all that and that's what i did about uh 12 years ago yeah how um so i'm, I'm assuming you know that like kind of just to dive in a little bit deeper into what you just what you just spoke on so uh once you once you cross that threshold how difficult was it for you to to walk away from you know the business you were already in was it kind of a, an instant thing or did you have to wrestle with it for a while? No, that's a great question. No, I wrestled a while. I, I didn't, you know, I spent my whole life growing up fatherless. You know, one of the two things happened. Most of the boys, about 85% of them, they, they flee from the situation in anger and bitterness. And those are the ones that cause so much havoc uh, destructively, as you see in society. The other 15% um, are like me who, want to try and earn my father's return and affection to try and make myself worthy. And so I spent my whole life trying to build something so I wouldn't need anybody, if that mm. makes sense. So yeah. I, I had enough money, I had whatever, enough security, so I wouldn't need anybody. So nobody could ever let me down again. Mm. And so I, I had to wrestle with that. And the Lord finally got my attention. And uh, I'm so glad he did because knowing that you're in the center of God's will and that I'm doing exactly what he created me to do. And that is to be a voice for the fatherless and use my pain and struggle in the past to be a light in this dark world and to 
reach out a hand to these boys that have no voice and to help them um, heal from the, the wound sure. of abandonment. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Cause I mean, I, how did you get to the point where you realized that that's, that what was, that's what was holding you back as far as not letting go of, you know, of not being able to not forgive your father. Yeah. Well, I can only attribute it to the the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Right. I, I, you know, it, it it wasn't that I finally was smart enough or finally mustered up enough strength to do it. And this is something we talk about a lot. It it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to to uh, enlighten you of your sins, and um, He definitely enlightened me that unforgiveness is a sin, and it was the deepest of sin in me. Mm-hmm. From a worldly perspective, we don't view it that way, but. Uh, um, a lot of times in these followers, boys, that, that is the deepest of sin um, because it's the root sin that's causing so much destruction and, and, and chaos in their life as it was mine. So mm. it's, just, it's just one of those things that the God finally you know, revealed that to me. And then after I was saved, obviously, then I started opening his word and reading his word. And it was made very clear that unforgiveness is a sin. Mm. In fact, it's one of those sins that the Lord specifically says that if you do not forgive others, and he's talking to believers, if you do not forgive others, that he will not forgive you. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's a, that's a, that's a pretty straightforward uh, uh, command right there. Yeah, that's a hefty line. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, so how you get through all that, you, you walk through that, you, you were able to forgive your father, you walk away from your business. How did that spiral into you starting fathers in the field? You know, I just, uh, I think the Lord had a nice plan and used my business experience and, and know how, and then at the same time said, Hey, let's do something to, uh, help the fatherless. So the com- understanding the fatherless issue because I lived it and then ha- combining with my business experience, we just put uh, a, a wonderful ministry together that utilizes all of God's great gifts to us. And the mm-hmm. local church is one of those. Uh, godly men are one of those gifts. Great outdoors is one of those gifts from God. And utilizing all those things, putting them all together and as a way to bridge the, the, the relationship gap with these fatherless boys. And what I mean by that is the average fatherless boy feels abandoned or gets abandoned mm-hmm. about seven times. And, and, and so they have this hard calloused hurt around their heart and it's everything from Boyfriends moving in the home that they call dad that leave at second marriages that end with children that end in divorce about 70 some percent of the time. So these, these fathers and boys do not believe what men say. They really don't believe what anybody says, but specifically they don't believe what men say. So when you develop that, that mentoring relationship, you know, one of the things we have to coach is it takes about a year mm. for that fatherless boy to even hear not alone trust, but to hear what you're saying because they intentionally block out what you, what you say, because they think, well, it's just a lie. Why should I digest it? So it just becomes kind of an automatic response. Yeah. It's automatic response. So that's part of how we coach and train the church and the men that, you know, what you do is how you develop trust. 
So when you say you're going to pick them up for church at eight o'clock in the morning and you show up at eight o'clock, that builds that caring, trusting relationship. So one day you can speak into their life. Mm. So the combination, then God's word is wonderful again, because God's word shares that his creation will minister to all of us. So when you take a father's boy that's stuck in the home, typically, and you take him out in God's outdoors, greatest classroom ever created, mm. that God is there with you, helping ministering to them, showing him creation, dominion, responsibility, all those things that come with the great outdoors. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So my first, I guess, introduction or, or any kind of dealing with fathers in the field is was through a very uh, close friend of mine that is no stranger. He's been on this podcast several times before. Um, is a guy named Keith Polk. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, that was, you know, I, I honestly, I saw, I think it was, I saw him wearing a, a hat with the logo on it and I noticed it, but I didn't really ask about it. Um, and then, you know, I noticed that he was, he'd been hanging out with, a, or he'd been taking this, this kid hunting and which is not, you know, uncommon for Keith to do. That's how I met him. He took me hunting when I was like 12 years old. Um, right. But then he, he kind of gave me an introduction and I, that's when I heard the term field buddy and he started kind of walking through me a little bit how all that works um and i just remember thinking when he you know when he finally described it all to me how the fathers in the field ministry worked i was like wow that's that's pretty incredible and it's pretty unique you don't hear or i'd never heard of, of a ministry like that um so could you kind of give me like a i guess a detailed breakdown of how it all works with finding the guy that you're gonna pair these kids with these fatherless boys with and then the field buddies and, and how you go through that whole process? You, you bet. Um, first, if you allow me, I mean, I just want to give Keith some, some shout outs here, but sure. uh, Keith and I um, work together um, uh, in my, in my business career. And that's how I met Keith and, and his Christian um, walk was very profound uh, to me. And when I was saved, he was one of the first ones I reached out to and told him I was leaving. Mm. I was leaving the corporate world and going to go into ministry full time. And then, and uh, he was very gracious and supportive. And then also, um, he he agreed to be our first mentor father outside of uh, uh, me and and uh, uh, Scott, the pastor that helped me found the ministry. Wow, uh, I did not he, know that. Yeah, to do that. a beta test our first year to just kind of work out the, you know, the the different issues. So he agreed to do that and and be a first church champion. So um, the ministry owes Keith Polk a, a huge, huge thank you just for helping us get started. And he's been a faithful participant ever since the beginning and yeah. uh, mentored, you know, a couple boys and just a wonderful supporter financially, the ministry and and uh, just just has a heart of gold for God. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah he does. So, been that way since I've known him. Yeah, so it's just just a great great friend in the Lord. Um, but fundamentally, you know, Christ died for the church. He loves the church. It's His bride. So we we are not a parachurch ministry. So we go through the local church. Mm -hmm. That's an important thing. So we as a ministry don't pick men. We don't pair bo them boys. We counsel and coach and train and equip the church to do it, which is 
part of their charter and sadly not very many are doing it until we got involved and so what we do is we get the pastor's commitment to make uh, defending the cause of the followers a widow of uh, a fabric ministry of their church and so then we come alongside the pastor and the church we help we raise lay leaders which we call church champions within the church mm. and we coach them how to be good leaders of men and and to help the pastor so the pastor doesn't have to do it all and then after that's done then we help the church and the pastor and the leaders of the church call out men in their church to make a stand and uh, stand in the gap for the fathers right in their own community and uh and then after that's done then the pastor makes a call out to the congregation for single moms and typically these single moms aren't in the church because most of them can't attend church even if they wanted to because they're working two and three jobs or they're working the service jobs on the weekend so part mm -hmm. of what we do is help help train the church how to look for the single moms out in their communities and uh, as a side note the single mom are our widows of our time and they are the largest unchurched people group in america because they're they're not able to come to church even if they wanted to and they believe that the church and even culture has left them behind to fight and struggle on their own and uh so one of the great blessings we have is to uh knock on that single mom's door and say the church wants to come alongside you in life and help mentor your your precious fatherless boy right so it's just a wonderful thing and then what what we do is we let God divinely pair the men in the church uh, with the boy in the community, and uh, the men are vetted and approved by the church and the pastor and go through a background check. And so they're just godly, mature men that said, "Send me into the fields of the fatherless," and then they start their their mentoring journey. And the mm -hmm. mentoring journey itself is uh, the basic requirements is four contacts per month. The mentor father agrees to take the, the father's boy, which we call field, a field buddy, mm -hmm. take him to Sunday school and church two out of the four Sundays. They do a, a local mercy ministry project with a widow or a single mom or the church. And then they get together once a month and do that, what we call a journey talk. And they progressively plan for an end of year celebration trip, whichever the hobby is of that mentor father, if it's hunting or fishing or woodworking or automotives. And then they also then start going through our curriculum, which specifically deals with the father wound inside mm -hmm. them. And this is one of the most special things that we do. All the other things we do, the hunting, the outdoors, the fishing, the church, all, really all that is is developing a trusted, committed relationship. Mm -hmm. So this man has an opportunity to speak life into this hurting, angry, lost father's boy. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, so how, like, I guess from just the looking at it from the fatherless boy's perspective, or I don't perspective might not be the right term. Um, what are some of, I don't know if the outcomes, or I guess you could say, or, you know, obviously it's causing some, obviously it's helping. Um, so, and like, usually do you see these, these boys, developing I'm, it's probably an obvious question developing a pretty strong bond with these mentors um yeah the the impact is great on their lives you know i mean obviously we're a, a ministry so 
So, you know, we, we have different sets of, of, if you will, kingdom outcomes that we look for, right? We, mm-hmm. we, we, we know that the healing can only come from Christ. What we can do is acknowledge that the wound, we can address the wound, we can put salve on the wound, we can, we can put a Band-Aid on the wound, we can help the boy understand the wound. But the, but the, the, the need, and let me share that once a trusted, committed relationship is established, that mm-hmm. bond, as you say, the, the mentor father has this wonderful opportunity to what we say, share the gospel in a father's boy language so he can hear it and understand it. It's no difference in going to a foreign country where you have to translate the gospel. These fatherless boys need to hear the gospel in a fatherless boy language. So we get to translate the gospel into a fatherless boy language. And once that bond is developed, that mentor father gets to speak life into this boy. And what I mean by that is about in the second year, the the mentor father shares something very profound. He says, um, Jim or son or whatever he wants to address him and says, I have something very important to tell you. And the field buddy will say, yeah, what's that? And that cue of if the field buddy even responding saying, yeah, what's that? Is just a profound statement for a fatherless boy because he's acknowledging he's willing to listen. Mm. And the mentor father says, son, you need to forgive your earthly father for leaving you. And all these field buddies respond the same way. They say, I'm never going to forgive him. Mm. Because we know they would say that. We know every day, multiple times a day, that's what they tell themselves. Because their hero has left them behind. It is the deepest of wound, which we Mm. talked about. But what happens is this field buddy asked the most grace-filled question a father's boy could ask his mentor father after that question. He says, but why should I? Hmm. And now you know his soul, his heart is willing to listen to the truth. And the mentor father then gets to share the gospel in a father's boy language and respond by saying, because you need to be forgiven too. And now that father's boy, that dear father's boy, has heard the gospel in a father's boy language. He knows the escape from the hurt and the pain and the pit of sorrow that he's in. And so now he's heard. And we as a mentor father have done our duty, done our obedience, loved the Lord so much that we shared to the fields of the followers the gospel in a father's boy language. That is the measurement. Do we get to share the gospel in a father's boy language to the fields of the fathers in our own communities? And once that's done, we have done our kingdom duty. Right. And now what happens is it's the rest is up to the Holy Spirit. We've seen so many boys, you know, appreciate that, accept that, start walking with the Lord. The Lord saves them. The healing process of, of that sad, that knowledge. That's what he needs to hear is so important. You know, it's part of how we train. We don't say your job is not to make this boy get better grades in school. It's not to make him hold the door open for women. It's not to make him not sass his mom anymore. It's not to make him, you know, 
be a good hunter or a good fisherman. That's not your job. All those things may happen, but that's not why we do kingdom work. Right. Do kingdom work to share the gospel and the language so somebody can understand it. I guarantee if the Lord, the Holy Spirit, adopts him into his heavenly father's kingdom, that all those other things will, will happen. And so it's one of the things we really have to help mentor fathers understand what success is. Success is not that is not how the world defines success. Look at how well behaved this boy is. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No, it's sharing the gospel in a language that he can hear that pierces all his calluses, all his hurts from a lifetime of being abandoned by the hero that was supposed to shepherd the Lord in his life was not there. Mm. And that is just a wonderful blessing. And once we share that with the men to say, listen, relax, you can do this. Let the war Lord do the heavy lifting. You just share a passion of yours, whatever it is of the outdoors and just, be a godly man example. Live up to your commitments. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, just as the Bible says. Mm. Because commitment, the heart of his wound is the commitment issue, which goes back to Adam and Eve. We failed on our commitment. Mm-hmm. A man, his father, did not live up to his commitment. And that's why he's hurting. Yeah. Mm. So, so I know it's heavy stuff, but but that's the point of the ministry to yeah, intentionally. No, look, yeah, look, I didn't I didn't ask you to come on here to you know make everything <laughs> sound like it was sunshine and rainbows, man. This is real stuff we're talking about, and it is. I, I, I couldn't think of a better time to do it because like I said this will air with uh, Father's Day being the next Sunday. Oh you know? yeah, so, perfectly. Um, I, and so, like I said, even though I was very blessed, uh, you know, I've, I have had and still have a father who's been very influential in my life, a godly man, love him to death. But um, I've seen firsthand uh, what, what you're talking about, you know, and yeah. not only through, not only through Keith Polk, uh, but through just, you know, firsthand life experiences. And, it's yep. something that I, I care dearly about, which is why I wanted you to come on here and talk mm-hmm. about this. So no, you, you haven't, you haven't gone over too heavy of stuff. You're, you're, you're right where we need to be. I think Oh, well, good. another question. So I, I guess leaning on things that I've seen, I guess if someone is looking at this ministry, either from, you know, a potential mentor father's perspective or a potential, should I get my church involved in this kind of ministry perspective, or even from, you know, a single mom perspective, it's like a, it's easy. I think in any of these situations to kind of look at it and go, no, we can handle this. We don't need that. You know, like we, we can, it's fine. Everything's fine. You know what I'm saying? Uh, How, I guess just in your own words, how important is it to you that we, specifically target these fatherless boys and reach out to them instead of just saying it'll figure itself out. Yeah. Well, I'll shoot straight cause I'm a straight shooter, but sure. I think it's, I think it's critically important, but it really doesn't matter what I think. Right. It matters what God thinks. And if mm-hmm. you read his word, you know, that the fatherless and widow is probably the top of his list of those that we should be intentionally helping. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it, he makes it clear in the Bible 
that it's the church's role. And he, his greatest, his greatest anger was that Israel was towards Israel when they were giving lip service to the false and the widows of their time, because they would use them by talking about them, but they would do nothing to help them. And I'm saddened to say that our churches, our American churches are in this mode. And that if you don't have fatherless boys walking in your church and sitting in your pews, you are not listening and being faithful to the obedience to what God wants us to do. It's a sad indictment on the church. The single moms of the large son church group, their children are sitting home wounded and being captivated by by this sinful world because there's no shepherd, no pastor, no protector, no provider in their home. And it, it is destroying the fabric of our country and the church needs to wake up. We need to wake up that this, these people groups are so important to the Lord that he spent so much time on it over 110 times in the Bible. Plus his greatest, greatest wrath was towards Israel when, when they were giving lip service. So th- this is a big deal. And so, first of all, that's from the church perspective. Sure. Secondly, from men, men aren't, the church is being feminized around the country, generally speaking. Men aren't attending church. When they are going to church, the way the church is involving them is in the chair stacking ministry, in the parking lot ministry. Mm. That is not using God's given talents of godly masculinity. Men want a mission. Men want to climb a mighty hill hill for the kingdom. They don't want to stack chairs. They don't mind stacking chairs, but if that you call that a ministry, they are disengaged. So mm-hmm. we get to mobilize, engage godly men in powerful ways and not make them be somebody that they're not. God gave them their outdoor passion. I believe in God's sovereignty. If you like to hunt and fish, God gave you that passion. He doesn't want you to use it for a selfish, idle pursuit. He wants you to use it for a kingdom pursuit. And now you have a vehicle through fathers in the field. And from the single mom's perspective, they know their children, their father's children are hurting beyond belief. And they know that they are living on the edge. Their children are living on the edge. The world wants to swoop in. And the marauders of this sinful world want to root swoop in and steal their children to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And we have got to stop that. So fathers in the field intentionally addresses this issue. They, they make the church open their doors, go knock on single mom's doors and say, we want to help you at no cost. We don't want anything from you other than we want to provide kingdom help with you and that's one of the benefits of going through the local church is that then the the entire church can come alongside this broken family mm-hmm. the women's group can come help the single moms and the female siblings in the church so god's plan is true again the church is the answer but we need to wake up the church sure absolutely um well look man uh one thing i definitely want to do uh before we get out of here is there so if, if there was someone that was listening to this that was interested in being a mentor father or getting their church plugged into this, uh, what are some steps that they can do to, to do that? Yeah, well, thank you for asking that. You know, there's a lot of ways to get involved in the ministry financially, 
mentor father, tell your pastor, pray for us, all those things. Um, but if you want to learn more about uh, this God-driven ministry called Fathers in the Field, if you go to our website, fathersinthefield.com, fathersinthefield.com, and you can request more information. We have packets we can send out to you that you can give to your pastor. Um, we have a down south there, we have a wonderful missionary, Kevin, and he lives in Mississippi, so he can come to your church and get your pastor started on all this. So there's a lot of ways to help, but uh, please, please know that over 50% of the children in this country is growing up fatherless. These mm. single moms need our help. The church is the answer. If we can rally and mobilize the church, we can, we can heal our land by following God's instructions to defend the cause of the fathers and the widow. Absolutely, man. I, I really can't, I can't thank you for your time enough. Like I said, this is something that's uh, dear to me and it's obviously very dear to you. And uh, I couldn't thank you enough, man. Hopefully this, this podcast can reach some ears that need to hear it. You know, mm -hmm. Lake, thank you for your heart to want to do this and to help spread God's great news and, and uh, be a voice for the fatherless, especially on Father's Day when, yeah, uh, it, it's not, we call it Fatherless Day. It mm -hmm. should, Father's Day in our country is gone because more than 50% of the children are fatherless. Mm -hmm. It is, it is Fatherless Day, sadly. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what, a, what an appropriate time to help get the word out for these precious children. Absolutely. Like I said, it, it is dear to me. And uh, I attribute that to uh, one, the, one the, the church that I grew up in, and then guys like Keith Polk that I've been able, and Kevin, you know, Kevin's a, a good friend of mine too, just watching these guys, uh, you know, be involved in this ministry and watching the ways and the lives that it's affected. I, you know, it's a, like I said, it's something that I take very seriously, something very dear to my heart. And um, this platform that we have here with this podcast, uh, I could not use it for this. You know what Amen. I mean? So uh, again, uh, thank you for your time. And I think, I think we're going to wrap it up. Oh, last thing. Facebook. Y'all do have a Facebook too, correct? Yeah, we do. Fathers in the field on, on Facebook. Yep. We post great pictures and stuff that our mentor fathers. And I just like to say, if I didn't say it, but our mentor fathers, these men who make a, an intentional commitment to these lives of these fathers, boys, our heroes in our midst. We, we hear that word a lot, but the, these men are heroes. And uh, I, I just am so grateful for them. Absolutely. But man, again, I can't thank you enough. When we post this, uh, we will tag the Facebook page and kind of direct some people to your website if we can. So guys, I think that's it for today. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Like I said, it's something that's uh, very dear to me. Uh, if you have any questions, don't feel afraid to uh, reach out. And I think that's it. Thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. Thank you, John. Oh, thank you, brother. And uh, just have a great day in the Lord. You too.